You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gapastone. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. We got Matt Nightingale on the podcast today. Hey, Tony. Hey, hey. It's been a couple... Couple tens, it's I think, been a since you've been on. Yeah. yeah, I think you're on in the twenties. You did like nine and ten, and then something in the teens, and then a twenty yeah. something. This is my fifth uh, appearance it on is. Holy Cannoli. It I'm is. pretty excited it about is. it. I gotta say. But the reason why we're having Matt on is because Matt and I are venture requesting. We're on a, we're on a quest <laughs> together. We are. <laughs> we just we just started a co-pastoring job, a co-pastoring relationship with this church in Novato. And it's super surreal. We're sitting in now our shared office in Nevada, which is right across the Golden Gate Bridge. So we thought we'd talk about it today. How are you feeling about it? Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm just kind of like still amazed by it. And I'm really excited and hopeful. And it feels so like I'm a big relationship person. I like to yeah. look at like the connections between people and all the full circle stuff. So like full circle stuff is super cool to me and like resurrection stuff. I feel like to, to be doing this new pastorate um, with my best friend of 19 years, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's so beautiful the way God does things like mm-hmm. this. And I was thinking too, just this morning, this is just personal, but I've been going back and kind of looking at what was going on in my life three years ago uh-huh. today, three years ago today okay. was my last Sunday at Redwood Covenant. Whoa. Three years ago today. Whoa. And and I knew that it was my last Sunday. I uh-huh. knew that literally the day after, that next day, I was going to come out to my senior pastor and and resign. And I, so I had this real sense of like, as I was leading worship that last time, this is it. This wow. is my last in the covenant as I knew ministry. Yeah. And so three years later to the day to be starting a brand new position, that wow. those kind of things blow my mind and make me so happy to, to so see the wild. Yeah. So we're recording this on July 7th. It's a Sunday. We're actually doing it right after the gathering. We just had a gathering and we had a meeting, our first little meeting as co-pastors uh, with, the, with the whole gathering. We did a little conversation. Matt did music. It was really cool. And then we had a meeting with our, our bosses, basically the, <laughs> the, the leadership team mm-hmm. there, you know, like in, in church culture, the elders yeah. or, you know, the board of directors. And now we're sitting in this office space, just kind of going, okay, here we go. We're going into our second week, but that was our first Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd be fun to just jump in the podcast and chat a little bit about what we're thinking and what we're doing. And we're still trying to figure out what in the heck we think, but it is, it is wild. Like, so for instance, Matt and I have had all this experience working with churches and a lot of the organizational, you know, the meetings, um, the end of like the administration end of things, the, the red tape, the, you know, but now we're coming into something that is super fresh. They want something new. They're small enough. We had 80, how many people? 80 some people today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're open to trying new things. And we have so much freedom to change and to experiment. And it feels really fresh, like almost kind of, I don't, I feel weird saying this, but easy in a way, like sometimes church cultures can be really hard Mm -hmm. and resistant and like even to like change, you know, the service time, you know, can take years, (laughs) but we have like this cool, like 
clean slate mm-hmm. in front of us. And it feels like the people are really ready for this, you know, ready for something brand new, mm-hmm. wide open to new ideas. Mm-hmm. And we've, we told them, you know, if, if you hire us, yep. you're like choosing different mm-hmm. right off the bat mm-hmm. because we are commuting for one thing from two different cities, right. Redwood City and Santa Rosa. Um, we are part-time. Each one of us is doing this on a part-time yep. basis with other outside work to yep. sustain our, our financial lives. Um, so this is, you know, part-time commuting pastors. We've got to do it different. Yeah, we have to, yeah. there's no, no guy <laughs> sitting in an office 40 hours a week, right. you know? So, so they know like choosing us, they're choosing something really radically different from what they've had in the past. I'm excited because I, you know, everybody dreams about the ideal church and no church is going to be ideal. So even today we kind of talked about, we celebrated some of the past that this church has undergone and some of it's been a painful past. They've Uh had some hurt and some tragedy and some just misuse of power. And so they're working through that and healing through that. And at the same time, then we're looking to the future going, okay, because of our dynamic, which I love, like I'm commuting an hour to get here. Matt's commuting half an hour plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to be the church. Like we, we, we aren't going to, we might be a first call if there's a, an issue that happens, but you know, we both live far away. So first responding will be the literal people who are a part of the church yep. who make the, make up the church. So, I'm I'm excited like this ideal hopefully this ideal um, expression of what it looks like to be the people of God could really happen, and this is another cool thing. This building, like the 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 campus of the Quest, is used by so many different other outside organizations. So we actually come in with some limitations. Like we can't do you know quote unquote whatever we want anytime we want because there's. Alcoholics Anonymous that uses the building three times a week. Mm -hmm. There's a Spanish church that uses it twice a week. Mm -hmm. There's a food anonymous group that uses it once a week. And is there anything else that I miss? I'm looking at our whiteboard over here. Uh, No, so, so the cool thing is we have to look at like, what do we have and what can we do? And then who's here to make it happen? So when I think about you know, being the church, I'm looking forward to going, all right, there's going to be people who are going to rise up. Like I was telling Matt this week, I don't want to say we need to do a VBS or we need to do this or we need to do that and then hope that we can fill the volunteer roster. I want to see who rises up to do something. I want to see what should we do by based on who's gifted at what and who's passionate about what. Because one mistake I have experienced in the past is churches and church leaders as well as volunteers get so burnt out because they're like trying so hard to do what they think they should do. Like we have to do this because the church always has done it and they're not enough people (laughs) to make all those things happen. And who does it fall on? The paid staff. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have so many pastors falling into these really challenging spaces emotionally and physically and financially and uh, it's just not good. So I'm like, I just, I told Matt this week, I don't want to do anything unless it feels like we're excited to do it, that it's like based on joy Mm. and it feels like we're supposed to do it because it's good, not because we have to. Like fear and shame is the worst motivator. Absolutely. I, I was just, you're saying that and I'm thinking about Marie Kondo. Like, does this spark joy? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's her philosophy, right? Yeah. If it doesn't, throw yeah. it away. Why are we we're doing not it? doing it. Yep, yep. Yeah, I love that. 
And I think we will see people rise up. We have already had people come up and say, mm-hmm. I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. Do we get to do this? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if you're mm-hmm. excited about it and you can participate <laughs> in making that happen, then yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to decide what to do. So to all the holy canolers out there, if you are a Bay Area person or a North Bay person and you don't have a church home to participate in, we invite you to come hang out with us on Sundays. It's only a 25-minute drive from San Francisco. So if you live in the San Francisco area or if you're northern in like Sonoma County-ish, come come join us. But we're also we're dreaming about what offerings because we get excited about the arts obviously Matt in music me in film but we also love having discussions about like real issues like we're talking about you know racial justice panel discussions and LGBT inclusion um, dialogues and what other things that we want like I'm talking to my friends who do the anti-trafficking work in the Bay Area going like I want to I want to host things mm-hmm. in this space this building is so unique and fun even today we had uh, tables we had round tables and people gathered for the whole worship gathering around these round tables it was super fun so we're looking forward to doing stuff like that what else are you looking forward to I'm excited about uh, partnering with other yeah. progressive Christian communities um, we had just a couple of weeks ago we were invited to be a part of this uh, progressive pastors luncheon out in Vacaville at uh, LOP church. um, Living on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And pastor there's Aaron Edwards, her wife, Chelsea, they have little twin girls. I mean, just awesome people. Mm -hmm. And it was a fun thing. Stan um, Mitchell Mitchell was there from uh, Nashville and we had people from Oak Life in Oakland. We had... um, Oh yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. We had people from um, City Church. Fred Harrell was there. Um, from Haven in Berkeley. Um, so we just had a, a really cool opportunity to meet other mm-hmm. like-minded pastors who want to make a difference in their community here mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. And we can we can work together mm-hmm. and resource each other mm-hmm. and speak in each other's churches. And um, I, I think we're better together. I've always been such... that That's something I'm excited about. I've mm-hmm. always, even back in my years in the covenant, been someone who tries to gather people together, share resources, mm-hmm. encourage each other. Um, and so that's what I want to do. I want to be a networker and a, and a connector of people. Yeah. It's so interesting. Matt, when he was, we were, so we are again, if you're just joining us for the first time, go listen to some of our back episodes, especially nine and 10. You can hear about Matt's story and our friendship and relationship, how it started and uh, in, in working with a church together. And now we're Three oh hundred was it three sixty? What is it? <laughs> we're we're back to working together again in a totally different context. But the denomination, which was a part or oversaw the church we were a part of, is the covenant. It was the covenant. We're not a part of it anymore. And Matt referenced it just you know just now. I wanted to kind of have a side conversation. A couple reasons. One, Matt started this group called Better Together mm-hmm. through all the different churches, like nationwide online that really helped facilitate conversation, right? Yeah, and, and it was as easy as hitting click on a, <laughs> on a Facebook, you know, start this yeah. Facebook group, but it, yeah. it turned into something really beautiful. It was worship leaders, people responsible for the worship, the music in yeah. covenant churches nationwide, and it ended up being, I mean, hundreds of people mm-hmm. online all the time. I mean, sharing resources and ideas and, and just funny things and just like life and encouragement. It was mm-hmm. it was the most vibrant Facebook group I've ever been a part of. And it was mm-hmm. so useful. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just like the the online presence of 
these relationships that also happen in real time mm-hmm. at conferences or in our uh, our regions, our, our conference uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that kind of stuff. And so you're, I mean, reflecting on three years ago was your last Sunday within mm-hmm. this larger group of churches called right. the Covenant Churches, Covenant Church. And now today you're starting in this new space while I was thinking about how even just last week there was a major move within that covenant mm-hmm. denomination. And I talked about this briefly uh, last week and also Dan Collison, who I believe is episode 30 or 31, who was the pastor who was potentially going to be removed from this denomination, uh, they actually voted and he was removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, two other, two pastors, including himself, were their credentials were rejected because of their siding with LGBTQ mm-hmm. people and embracing them and including them and officiating weddings. So it's a really interesting place to be, I think, as the church that there still are mainline churches and, and you might even be listening to this and feeling uncomfortable or not at a place where you can look at scripture in a way that we have, because you've used the word progressive a couple of times yeah. and I thought, what does that really mean? Right. You know, and how are we as a church moving forward or looking at things differently? And that is part of it. Obviously you're an out gay man who's a pastor. And so that is a progressive thing mm-hmm. to be included in that way. And I think it's awesome and it's beautiful. And I, gr- I grieve because there are so many people hurt right now because of that decision made by that denomination. Yeah. And I look at what we have the potential to do, how good you are at bringing people together, at trying to bring connections. So what you did in that be- better together online group, you're no longer doing it. You had to step down. I don't know if if that was your choice or but you just, whatever you did, Mm -hmm. but now you're doing that in this other space with the churches that we're trying to partner with. It's so cool. When we were at this lunch at, uh, in Vacaville a couple (laughs) weeks ago at the end of the lunch, Matt's like, okay, I already started a group (laughs) for you all and I included you and all you have to do is accept. And so uh, it's what I do. I I start Facebook groups. It's so good. Uh, Matt's really good at connecting and getting people together. And I think I'm, I look forward to that too, because uh, he kept texting me like for two weeks, you got to come to this lunch. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to. And I, I ended up doing it. It took me two hours to get there because of car crashes and everything. But yeah, it was shut up super late, I shut up super late. <laughs> but it was so worth it because of the people we met there. And so if you are one of those pastors, people in the Bay Area, or even beyond, and you feel as if you need that type of connection, I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. We're trying to be a resource. We're Uh trying to leverage what we're experiencing, what we're excited about with you. So, and that could look like a number of things. One, it could just look like connecting online and creating that community or, or, or sharing some of the things that we're doing. Uh, we're trying to be really proactive on social media. We both are individually already, but with the quest, the church that we're now co-pastoring, we're going to be doing more online presence. Like we've committed to at least two or three times a week do, uh, we'll do a group video, like group meeting, me and him <laughs> talk to, to our people. So you can join the quest online and kind of see what we're doing. It's quest Novato N O V A T O quest Novato on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And you can see some of the stuff we're doing together. And then we're also going to be doing separate videos every week. Cause we want people to see, Hey, where we live in Santa Rosa and Redwood City, we're trying to be living on this purposeful mission as well. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Uh, two, 
if you are a pastor, again, Bay Area or beyond, and you feel as if you would benefit from some gathering, we are trying to make space to meet with people. Um, we're trying to host things, you know, here in Novato. We're trying to just get together, coffee, talk, resource. So if we can do that, please, please, please reach out to us. Even if you're not even a pastor or someone in an official position, we're trying to make ourselves available for people who are trying to move forward in their faith, who are um, tired of old polarizing types of ways of being the church and, 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 and I guess possibly also uh, healing from painful traditions that have wrought harm and marginalization on, on any group. Okay. So we're, we're there for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then third, we're, we're looking for people who have something to, to offer us too. Like we're, we're looking at a whiteboard right now in our office, by the way, we both were offered separate offices, like pretty decently sized big offices. And <laughs> we're like, we're here part time. We don't need separate offices. Let's be in an office together. It's way more fun. It's so much more fun. We way get more, more done, actually. Yeah. We get more done together than separate. Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at this huge whiteboard that has a million <laughs> ideas and brainstorms, and we're saying, hey, if there are people who would like to come and provide um, you know, a workshop or services or come and speak, we're going to have guest speakers. We would even like to exchange pulpits with your pastor, or if you are a pastor, with your, with your church congregation. I could come speak, or Matt could come speak, or whatever, and you could come speak to us. We don't have money at this point, but that's what we can do. We can give um, an alleviation of your normal <laughs> Sunday duty that you're already getting paid to do yeah. and come speak with us. So we'll just trade. Throw it's a that out. Yeah, throw that out. Let us know. You know where to find us on all the social medias yeah. and, you know, however. But I'm stoked. I'm stoked that we get to do this together. And it's a new chapter in my life. Um, you know, I started this like a year and a month after leaving my old position. Uh, and I didn't think I was going to ever go back into the church world, honestly, but I didn't want to do it full time and part time and working with my best friend sounded so amazing and partnered with what I was doing with brave Maker so well, because I'm looking at how can I bring film to Novato? Like, six minutes from where we are is a Cinemark theater. And so I'm getting all these ideas like what Brave Maker could be doing here in the North Bay. So, mm-hmm. so exciting thing. So if you're interested in uh, film and you are in the North area, North Bay area, just be on the lookout for events we're going to be doing. We're going to, we, I'm looking at this thing. I can't announce it officially cause it's not, in stone yet, but we have authors and you know, and, might be yeah, happening. and we have people who you would be very interested yeah. in, which we will always be telling you and announcing yeah. here on the podcast. And I want to say too, that I, I have dreams. I've said this a lot and I'll say it again right now. I, I don't want to be a gay church, but I mean, as fun as that would be, <laughs> but what I want to be is gay at church and I want to be in a, in a faith community where I can be my beautiful gay self and, and welcome as I am. I don't have to hide that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so LGBTQ issues and, uh, and things like that are going to be a part of the quest because Mm -hmm. we have LGBTQ people at the quest because I'm here. And so I am passionate and excited about the idea of LGBTQ spirituality. I'm looking for opportunities to create groups um, and to really be able to explore what it means to be queer people of faith. Um, not in a way that leaves anybody else out, but just in a way to say, you yeah. know what, if we're going to be a, a, a hub for film and for arts, 
Um, I would love to see us be a hub for queer spirituality in the North Bay. Yeah. And um, so, so <laughs> any of you wonderful LGBTQ people who are listening out there and you're in the Bay Area, we want to be here for you. Mm-hmm. We want to be a place where you can thrive and grow and be yourself. You don't have to leave part of yourself at the door when you walk in cool. to this room. Um, it, it's a part of who we are. Yeah. That was making me think of how I'll just acknowledge too. I know people hearing that and they go, Oh my gosh, I'm totally not comfortable with that. Or that's not scriptural. That wouldn't honor God. Right. We, we get that. We totally get that. We get that perspective. We get that perspective for sure. And it used to be ours. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it wasn't ours in the sense that we didn't believe gay people could belong, but we didn't think that that was God's best for right. their life that yeah, they no, needed to change in some way. Right. Yeah, there was a time when neither Tony nor I, yeah. Uh, could affirm the right. goodness of LGBTQ identities and relationships. Right. But we've come to a place now, both of us yeah. on our own, yeah. have gotten to this place where we believe God does absolutely bless um, LGBTQ yeah. identities and relationships. And you were a large part of that for me, going back to our episodes mm-hmm. 9 and 10 and beyond, yeah. that I saw your life, I saw how, quote unquote, hard you tried to be straight mm-hmm. and into change and how that doesn't work and how it caused me to go on my own journey of looking at scripture. What is scripture? And we're going to do, we're going to be talking about that as a church with the class. Upcoming series. Yeah. Like what is scripture and how have we let these words be uh, oppressive to groups Mm -hmm. over centuries Mm -hmm. and, you know, going back to people of color, to enslavement, to women. women, And that's still happening. Women, you are still oppressed. You are still not as valuable to society, maybe not as valuable to the church because of what scriptures say, what certain scriptures have said. Yeah. Because of how people have, have interpreted and used those scriptures to keep you in your place, frankly, to make sure that you don't uh, have full equality with men. That's right. And in the same way that now and still the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community because how some six different verses are interpreted. Yeah. So one thing I, I just want to acknowledge, I know people are at different places, people that I love, people that are in my family mm-hmm. and same. my friend circle and my former churches. I get that. And I want to say that with such sensitivity. Let's be in conversation. Can I challenge you to dig deep into scripture? Can I challenge you to change. <laughs> uh, Can I be, challenge you to think differently yep. about scripture? Yeah, there you go. In I, general, not just those verses, no. but scripture, scripture in, in general. general. What is it? How does yep. it work? What, yep. How do? How is it authoritative in the lives of yep. believers? Yep. That's a really important thing, and that's foundational to all of these conversations, because you can say, well, the Bible says blah, 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 yeah. but if we don't even have the, the same understanding of what the Bible is exactly. and how we're supposed we to apply it to our and lives. we don't, yeah. You know, I, I go back yeah. and forth on Facebook with people sometimes, and they just want to keep coming back to, well, Second Timothy, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And I go, well, you know, that's fine. But yeah. I look at that differently than you do, and we don't even have the same, like, plane of existence to stand on. Right. So how can we have a conversation about what that scripture might actually mean in my life? Yep, exactly. If we don't even agree on what scripture is. Yeah, I had somebody... Uh, on Facebook last week, you know, say I'm leading people astray. I should study the Bible more and not podcast and do films as much because cause <laughs> I, it's lead- I saw that. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was just kind of heartbreaking a little bit, but also kind of laughable that we, we, we let these words give us then permission to basically harass other people yeah. and like that the small that's a small age of harassment but I, yeah. I felt harassed by this person who was once a part of my small group and I, I would call a mentee of mine a mentor uh, he was harassing me and he was you know saying 
negative things about yeah, me. You're and a false teacher. That's you're right, leading false, people right. to hell. And you're... then calling people in the LGBTQ community pedophiles or whatever else yeah. he was calling. Yeah. Uh, that was like like a wake-up call that we have got to do some better work. And even if we believe things about the Bible, I don't understand why we have why we let these beliefs then also cause us to be anything less than compassionate or kind to other people. I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole other conversation. Read Rob Bell's What is the Bible? If you want to go deeper into that, maybe we'll do some podcasting around that when we get to the series. Also inspired by Rachel Held Evans. Oh yeah, great, great book. Awesome book. Yep. But what I was thinking of in regards to grieving how the denomination we formerly were a part of is hurting people and excluding people and you know making very strong stances around things and we get why because of how you view scripture but the thing that i've really come to embrace and enjoy and especially here in the quest is i i see a greater expression of god when women when people of color when the lgbtq community is all together as a diverse group of believers. Like there's something we cannot get when we exclude. I know nobody's excluding people of color anymore, at least not advertly. Uh, we're not, you know, we're, we're in communities where women are, are engaged, hopefully, but there's a strong lack and void when we don't let LGBT people serve in leadership or have a voice in our churches. And that's one thing that I have been like, like I still feel as if that's like a new thing for me, like to go, wow, like one of our people on staff, Michael, you yeah. know, uh, this, um, Asian LGBT, uh, rep, <laughs> I, uh, I just go like, he brings a flavor that before may have been uncomfortable for yeah. me. But I'm like, I totally appreciate this guy. I appreciate who he is and how he represents God, how he loves God, yeah. how he has a story of faith from here to Hong Kong, right? And, and back again. Uh, so to my canolios who are still in process, um, might you experience God with someone who you have felt was so different and maybe even unacceptable? And that's extreme to say. But I, I'm sharing that like just transparently. Like I am still coming to embrace what it looks like to be the body of believers, and that even includes. Um, I don't have any strong relationships with people who are trans at this point, but I have a couple of people that I'm engaged with, mm -hmm. and it's different, and I'm learning, uh, and I'm hoping I could bring this film called "For They Know Not What They Do." If you're someone who will go Google that after, I promise you it will pique some interest. It's a film that documents how the evangelical church and families with LGBTQ kids have had to live in some tension, even detrimentally, when we push others away and when we try to force people into our our norms based on how we interpret scripture. So that was my long uh, um, kind of story or, or example of why I think it's important to look at scripture different because it's actually, it benefits us in our relationship with God and the way we connect and embrace God. So mm -hmm. thanks for listening to that. <laughs> uh, I'll tell just, I'll tack on one little story to the, to the end of that, just because it sparked a memory for me. I have a, I was at this um, event a couple of weeks ago in San Francisco called essentially human. And it's a kind of a production of city church and, They've been, they're, they're starting these new monthly gatherings around particular themes. 
this one to kick off Pride Month was around LGBTQ issues. I was the guest artist and I got to sing a couple original songs and tell my story. There were two other queer people there who talked about their lives and then we sang together beautiful songs. We sang True Colors. We sang Brave by Sarah Brellis. Mm -hmm. We sang Umbrella by Casey Musgraves. I mean, it it was a really powerful evening um, for straight people and queer people alike. Um, And as I was talking afterwards, we were tearing down, I was talking to this guy named Samuel Lundquist uh, who I met in the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus a couple years ago. He just graduated San Francisco Theological Seminary with his MDiv. He's you know taking some time now to kind of figure out where God's going to use him. But he's a powerful preacher and a wonderful guy, good musician. Um, and he was a part of creating this gathering. I'm going to put Francisco. his name up here. Yeah, do it. He would love to preach. I actually talked to him about that. Anyway, so Sam says to me, we, we were talking about kind of the... I don't know, the, the, the embrace or welcoming queer people into God's church. And he said, Matt, I'm convinced queer people are going to save the church. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he was getting all, he's like, we're the ones who are supposed to save the church. He says, who else knows about marginalization? Like we do, who else knows? He's like, we can bring color and life that people don't even understand. And you know that honestly, even for me, that's a little outside the box. What do you mean queer people are going to save the church? Uh-huh. But I, but I appreciated it. And I, I loved his heart and I thought, you know, mm. There is truth. We bring something that that is is unique and special yeah. to the body of Christ, yep. just like every different group of people brings, yep. you know. Yep. And and the church is not the same without us. Yep. And we were, we were talking about how I'm tired of fighting for my place at the table. Yeah, you don't need to. We're done. Yeah. We're done talking about this. Yep. We're done uh, debating the six verses in the Bible. Yep. We need to move now into how are, what are we bringing? Yep. What glory can we bring? What what joy can we bring? What what truth can we bring? Yeah. It hasn't been there before because we've been excluded. Yeah, we've talked about this in the podcast before, but I think that is a, a huge wake-up call to me that we are exhausting marginalized communities by Ugh. having them have to defend themselves for why they exist or why they're allowed, whether you're LGBT or you're a person of color or you're a woman. It's like, if you have to have this conversation and you don't want to, uh, you don't need to, right. you can move on. Right. You could say, I've had that, give, ha, have a book or a yep. blog yep, to yep. send to someone, but you don't need to engage in that anymore. It's not good for your psyche, let alone your soul. Right. So I, I'm, I'm totally yeah. with you and on some that. Of us, some of us are called, are called to, to that. Some for of sure. us are gifted for to sure. that. I am relatively happy to have this yeah. discussion with anybody. Yeah. But there are times when even I get tired. For I'm sure. like, oh, I'm tired of debating my existence. Yep. It's, uh, can we move on now? Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate it. I remember one time um, in a previous church of mine, a college kid came out, right? And was kind of trying to live unapologetically gay and Christian. And I remember the youth pastor saying to me, mm. he better be able to defend this. He better have his, uh-huh. his you know, Bible verses in a row because people are going to... And I just thought, man, you know... Why are we asking this, yeah. you know, 19-year-old precious kid who's mm-hmm. just trying to be honest with his life and follow mm-hmm. Jesus? Why are we asking him to be a Bible scholar now yep. and, and fight this battle? Why yeah. aren't we fighting the battle right. on Defending his behalf right. so that he can just live his life and know God, yep. you know? It's such a freeing place to be when you're at this time in your life when you go, you know what? I, I know what I, I know what I know. I still need to know and learn more, but Absolutely. what I choose to do is be a person who's graceful and loving and affirming mm-hmm. and welcoming to all people. Yeah. I don't have to have all the answers. You know, I just know that there's enough defense somewhere out there that I can give you a reading list because <laughs> anything you want to defend, you can find people who are you out sure there can. and you can find books. So, so that's why I go, we, we need to look at how we look at the Bible and go, all right, I'm going going to walk in this direction. Uh, and I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'd rather be wrong, uh, 
accepting and including people and welcoming them and letting them be a part of this amazing family than be right and cling on to hatred and condemnation. Because I, I honestly, even in the most graceful person who's trying to be welcoming, this might be kind of harsh, but uh, like if you don't let the person, whoever that other person is, a woman or whoever, have equal standing with you in relationship with God or your church, you are still denying their very existence. I mm-hmm. I really, I really believe that strongly. So I'm going to, I'm going to end it with that. <laughs> like it's a hard, it's a hard line to draw, but we can't be churches who say you're loved and you're welcomed, but then keep a hand up to prevent people from stepping forward in any way, shape yeah. or form. It's too, it's too damaging. It's, yeah. it's, it's taking people's lives. Yeah. That's why I feel like I'm so glad to have a relationship with you, Matt. That's why I feel so passionate. You know, I look back at my life and go, God has opened up these opportunities for me to stand up for justice because you know I'm I'm in this place of privilege. I, life, my life is still hard. Don't get me wrong, but it will never be hard because of my gender. It will never be hard because of my orientation. It will never be hard because of my skin color. That's right. It's hard. I have hard things. Sure, but not because of those things I was born with. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's why I feel like I want to step up for people who don't have that. That's why I tell my daughters all the time, like I want them to know that they need a clear understanding that they are just as valuable as any other person, any other gender, but they're going to continually fight against that. And if I don't, the own dad doesn't do it, then who's, who's going to, you know? All right, so hey, if you have any comments uh, or questions about this or you'd want to engage with us, we're totally open. Matt and I will now be hanging out on the regular, which is super, oh man, super cool. It doesn't, even, <laughs> it doesn't quite feel like work. It is. No. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done. Again, we're looking, <laughs> we're looking at all these to-dos on our whiteboard, yeah. but it feels so good. Mm-hmm. And so, right, and if we can help you or your church uh, or speak at a retreat, help us yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> would love that. We are now a team who can do things like that. And uh, if there's any, my, my other side hustle is my yeah. work with the Christian Closet. Let me yeah, just like put in that. a little plug real quick for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like God is opening all these really cool doors for me right now. And this is a, a an online resource for people. Uh, the Christian Closet exists specifically for queer people of faith who are trying to figure this out, who are trying to reconcile their sexual orientation or gender identity with their understanding of God and their religious uh, identity as well. And so uh, we have four therapists, licensed therapists. We have an Enneagram coach named Darren, and then I'm the spiritual director of this operation. Sounds so bigwig. I know, right? Well, and Candace Zubernat is kind of the, the brainchild. She's the one who founded this thing. She's our kind of lead therapist and our, the face of the Christian closet. And she's a wonderful person. Um, I actually worked with her as I was trying to figure out what to do with my life about three and a half years ago, probably now. Hmm. And so that's another, for me, kind of cool full circle thing. So cool. Uh, to be back working with Candace in a completely different capacity. And I have... Um, one-on-one spiritual direction sessions with people. I'm happy to do that. I also, and this is what's really been giving me life lately, uh, I have two different support groups for gay men who are married to women. Mm. And this is a difficult place to find yourself for sure. Uh, I was there for a long time. Um, And just to be able to give people a safe, sacred space to process, to talk about their lives, to hear from other people who are in this kind of a situation, um, it can be really powerful. 
And I'm not trying to change anybody. I'm not trying to tell them what to do. I'm not uh, trying to encourage them to divorce or to stay. I'm just saying I can provide safe space for you to process these things to maybe see what the Spirit is saying as far as what what your next step should be. Um, And to be working with these guys is really... Really, really powerful. I love it. So if anybody knows anyone in that situation who could use this kind of formal support, we are, uh, we're currently um, filling up our second group and we're going to, we have a waiting list for the third one in the fall. I'll put that link in the show notes. Yeah. That's something. That's so cool. I mean, gosh, again, I love that we both are working together and then we both have these other jobs that we're doing. (laughs) Like it really, I mean, it's a a hustle. It's a lot of work, but it's a, it's the reality of life to follow Jesus in in real time, in in real time, in real culture, and have all these stories like we get to bring that to the church on a Sunday because we have these other lives and yeah. other jobs. Yeah. I love, 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 love that. So. Yeah, and I haven't even talked about my full time job as a school That's right. teacher That's in Santa right. Rosa. <laughs> That'll be another time. So we yeah we actually have three jobs each. How funny mm-hmm. is that? Because you're doing your teaching, your Christian closet, and the Quest. I'm doing Brave Maker and my freelance production stuff and Quest. So yep. so cool. All right, hustling. Yeah. So hey, thanks for listening. Life is sacred. Life is strange. You're a part of it now uh, and follow us along on social media I'll put that link in the show notes for both of us we are always there in Quest Novato Matt Nightingale Tony Gapstone <laughs> alright bye thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli if you liked my dad's podcast please subscribe give it a review and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it Holy Cannoli Podcast is a proud production of Brave Maker Media. For more information or to donate, go to bravemaker.com to make your tax-deductible donation today.